bitches bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Amy. So, we have our misogynist of the week this week. And, oh yeah. And who is it? Oh, I get to introduce You get to introduce the misogynist oh, of the week. Okay. Well, buckle in, kids. Um, sadly, kind of as predicted, a number of women have come forward to accuse Juno Diaz, the author uh, of sexual misconduct, uh, verbal abuse, sexual abuse. Uh, not too surprising, given that he recently penned a New York Times piece about, or sorry, rather a New Yorker piece, uh, about his experience of having been raped as a child and how the trauma continued to affect him throughout his adult life and in his relationships. He is also prolific for his writings about abuse, sexual abuse toward, uh, towards women, uh, cheating and neglect and other sorts of emotional abuse. I mean, that's the, the bulk of his work. I uh, am sad to say I have some of his books right up here. I'm looking at it right now. Great reads, informed obviously by his own experience of, of rape and assault, and there's something interesting to that. But, you know, as we discussed, no, uh, his piece doesn't, doesn't deal too well with the havoc he's reached on other women who have to emotionally shoulder that the burden of of, uh, of his of the abuse that uh, he acknowledged uh, to some degree he must he wasn't you know a great guy uh, so you know, through a series of tweets uh, women have been coming out one of whom is Zinzi Clemens uh, she um, is a novelist who wrote uh, a novel 2017 novel What We Lose which earned her the recognition of the National Book Club Foundation's Five Under Thirty Five which I will try to find and hopefully read, uh, add to my list, read it soon. Um, and so that's um, really interesting. But she, she writes in her tweet that as a grad student, she invited Juno Diaz to speak to a workshop on issues of representation in literature, which is, which is something he does speak, frequently speak on. Uh, and she said, I was an unknown, wide-eyed 26-year-old, and he used it as an opportunity to corner and forcibly kiss me. I am far from w the only one he's done this to. I refuse to be silent anymore. I told several people this story at the time. I have emails he sent to me afterwards, barf. And this happened, I have the receipts. Uh, the other uh, uh, folks shared their experiences as well. Uh, our uh, author, Carmen Maria Machado, a National Book Award finalist for Her Body and Other Parties, this title of her book, uh, went on to share a Twitter thread with her of her own story uh, with Diaz, claiming that he went off on her during a book tour, Q&A, when she asked about the protagonist's unhealthy relationship with women. What really struck me, she says, was how quickly his veneer of progressivism and gen geniality fell away, how easily he slid into bullying and misogyny when the endless waves of praise and adoration ceased for one second. But a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the essay, um, and really what, I remember us asking, well, what about the women who he has used to further his enlightenment that he has left aside, basically, and left in shatters and left in pain? 
and that these women are it's that ride or die chick thing we talked about um absolutely that we are supposed to be mules or 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 throw away experiences on the path for a man on the path to his enlightenment mm-hmm. on the path to his redemption yeah self discovery this self discovery yeah. whatever the fuck he's doing and um and this is the way we treat women and this is the women of color especially i can only okay so first of all i can only imagine the guilt they feel right now or must have felt in terms of accusing this man exactly for the reason she said there are so few of us represented mm-hmm. that we feel that we have a cultural duty yeah. to support this man. Yes, that's right. You know, it's the same thing with Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. We all had a cultural duty mm-hmm. to support this man because he became and so much to, so much to yeah. some the amount he gave to United Negro College Fund mm-hmm. and historically black colleges and universities right. and was such a great supporter. Mm-hmm. Who else is there to fill that void? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not just about the money. I don't want to say that. But there is a legacy that that we want to, that we as women of color that are underrepresented want to uphold. And that is expected from our community. Mm-hmm. So which gives these, which ironically and not, maybe not so ironically, gives these men even more power over us. And more power in general and a greater sense of that power because they they are the first to do this or that within their community. And, you know, that extra sort of burden, um, I these this is bravery to me mm-hmm. because the, uh, this extra burden speaking against so much speaking yeah. against so much. There's so and much writing on this. He was he was supported for so many years. It seems like based on what what I've read now, uh, in light of this by by the establishment. Um, I mean, so many people went out of uh, you know the, in terms of the literary literary establishment to maintain uh, this open secret and, and out of the keep it out of the public eye and in a greater extent. And that's that's really troubling. I, what I'm trying to and and I, and I, I completely agree. I think for racialized women, disproportionately carry the impacts of sexual violence and abuse that they are, um, you know, can put their lives and well-being in line. Not wanting to speak out against men from their own communities, but also um, expected to do their part in, in kind of helping advance their work and 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 represent and uh, positive representations. Not wanting to to bring sort of this this bad uh, a you know, negative lens or tarnish these men. The other thing is that the women who've come forward uh, so far are are racialized women, black and 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 women of color, Latinx women. And it makes me really sad to know that it's you know one they were drawn to Juno Diaz and his work because he's writing from this rarefied perspective in terms of mainstream literature, and that in a sense he's taken advantage of of. Of that, of their, um, you know, of them specifically for that reason, it's like a disproportionate impact on on his, on this racialized uh, women audience. So, um, it's yeah, it's really troubling. My my one other reflection was that, uh, 
you know, when I first read the article, I was like, okay, like, they're, this is gr great self-reflective work. He talks about the therapy he's gone through. He's, like, thought about this for many years, he says, and, like, it, he sounded really pained. It was very, like, earnest, or so it read, and... I, I did think about the emotional burden and the emotional labor the women behind these experiences must have been feeling. And I wondered whether or not there had been real accountability with them, if he had gone and reconciled with, with women from past relationships that he alludes to. Um, but I never thought that it, I never thought and I'd never been aware that there would be sexual violence uh, and, and, uh, and, misogyn and misogynistic uh, uh, treatment of women to the degree that, that it seems this is the case now. And I'm wondering if, cynically, whether the New Yorker piece was really just like him preempting this coming out. I think, I think you have a good point. I think Do that, you mean? I, it's like, I, 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 think I don't want to think that. I want to hope that maybe the Me Too movement made him reflect on his past behavior and, and his own experiences and and whatever else, but I am now starting to think, may, you know, in, in light of the fact that it was based on, on what writers uh, in the community are saying, what um, uh, literary writers um, are, or rather writers in the literature community, mainstream community in New York scene are saying about Juno Diaz that everyone knew and it was rumored and, and people, you know, kind of a whisper campaign as well um, surrounded him. Now I'm thinking, on some level, maybe he was just astute enough to know that he needed to get ahead of some kind of story like this. I think that um, I think that predatory behavior, predators, um, are fully aware of those kinds of things. I and remember, you have to be manipulative to be able to do these things, right? So for you to manipulate um your and 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 if you have that much of a dichotomy between your your image and your rage mm -hmm. then you know how to cover up rage mm -hmm. you know how to cover up one of them right totally. nas as you brought up kelis in yes. in rent and receipts yeah. nas one of the things that she said was that he was so attuned to his image mm -hmm. just like I mean people people may think that I was hard on Aaron Weir and it's the same thing it's not as he is he is cultivating mm -hmm. an image mm -hmm. with which he can use it as a buffer to protect himself from these accusations just as Bill Cosby did just as um, Nas just as like you never know what goes on behind closed doors and who these people are anymore yeah and i don't i'm not saying that we ever did but at least we kind of i i i think there's a shattered innocence going on right now no yeah sure. and, and a lot of these people have like dual as many abusers do dual personas right and gino diaz in one sense is quite woke and like talking and his literature about you know so many different things um in terms of racial justice and intergenerational um you know trauma that he writes about um you know Nas is considered one of like the most progressive like rappers and like artists and he's always like you know bringing a social justice lens to 
his work and he has causes that he supports and I was like you know a well-revered MC like for some reason now it's and then like people the are men, surprised that there's this other side yeah well, that's actually quite common yes it is quite common the the duplicity mm -hmm. is quite common Nas even has a Harvard course named after him you know <laughs> like I, I I I it's the duplicity and it's showing that one face to the public while in private when and it usually comes out in times I'm sure of control mm -hmm. um, that I mean Khalees having having bruises all over her body it just it horrifies while me pregnant, no while less. pregnant yeah. no less it horrifies me it horrifies me yeah. especially since Khalees is one of those those women those um, artists who did not fit the mold of an R&B chick mm -hmm. she was like she was like the alternative black chick's heroine, you know what I mean, or hero. Yeah. And 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 I guess what I'm what I'm saying is it's it's I that guy that you may think is the nicest, sweetest guy in the face of the earth could have a dual personality. Mm -hmm. You never know. And mm -hmm. and that's what makes it misogynistic that yeah. you can have this forward-facing respectable approach to other people and then when you're alone and you're with a woman and you want to have a relationship with her you bring out all of this stuff that's what makes it misogyny yeah is that that disregard for her humanity uh, um, say it again <laughs> so it makes it misogyny your disregard for her humanity I, <laughs> I feel that like that needs an amen sister thank you <laughs> Well, I'll, you know, I just want to kind of circle back to the women who brought this forward. Sure. Again, super brave and amazing. So Zinzi Clemens, some of the other authors were uh, Monica Byrne, again, Carmen Maria Machado, and Sinead Gleason. I'm sure there were others. Um, it's brought a lot of attention to their work and their writing, which is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think people should support... Uh, more women writers, more uh, gender non-binary writers, uh, writers of color who aren't engaging in this kind of misogyny. Um, and it's unfortunate because once you find, once the mainstream media finds this one person like Juno Diaz, they're held up and they're invited to speak at everything. They make all of the bestseller lists, everything they write, even if it doesn't hold mustard to their last thing. They're the one. Yeah. And we don't want to explore who are our new Latinx writers. That's right. Who are new, you know, like ra people, racialized writers who can write from a from a similar but different perspective. Um, you know, he's been the public face of diversity in literature yeah. for, for the last decade. Yeah. Um, and it's actually damaging because, it, it you know, it means le there's less support going towards um, to discovering new writers and, and all that. So remember when we were talking about these, um, the Nobel Prize and um, how this, the, the, the isolation or the, the concentration of their power? Mm -hmm. Well, this is a concentration of, Juno, of power for Juno Diaz because he represented, he was the only one mm -hmm. in the room who represented diversity mm -hmm. or different voices in mm -hmm. literature. Mm -hmm. And that consolidated a next level of power. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so the difference between the grad student that, that arranges, him, arranges for him to come and speak at some event 
and where he is is even that much greater and like that like the i don't i don't think i can emphasize how brave this is what i call bravery because I am sure they have family members telling them, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. You're bringing down a good, what I'm, Mm. you know, the good black man or the good um, Latino or I'm I'm not sure how, I'm sure they don't say Latino, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. The good Dominican man or Mm. whatever. This is something that they will face for maybe for a lifetime. Um... They, I just want to shout out to them. My God, you are amazing. Because like living, like growing up in the community, you never talk bad about um, black men, for example. Mm. And I love that this, I love that this generation and I said it before is saying fuck that shit because we're suffering we're the ones who suffer and you could see it in the movement the mute R. Kelly movement I'm loving because I have been long time long time since 94 93 and it's only escalating and women are you know losing their lives literally at this man's hands exactly and you know what else I love is the fact that now we have a, a group of black famous women who are using their voice to spread that message. And I don't, and I love the fact that this is, that in this realm, this is where we are, that we are now talking about it. We're starting campaigns about it. We're, you know, there are always going to be the quote unquote ride or die, the stands who are going to talk, oh, you're bringing down, oh, it's not true, mm. you're bringing down a good black man, and so on and so on. He's trash, okay? Mm. He is a garbage human. They're all garbage humans. And I'm, I, I just, I can't overemphasize that. That's what I'm saying. Okay, well, we believe these women. I would have believed them if it were only one account. Me too. But, I mean, it's unfortunate that it's this many. I hope that there's, a lot of community that you know goes out to support them and in all their literary endeavors and um and personally and and that they're supported and can share you know extend extend the love online and and by reading their work and um observing their lived experience and their many talents yep for sure well that's that's all for misogynists of the week that's that's one I kind of I, I wasn't surprised when I when I read the accusations on Twitter I was like huh I'm really sad I'm super I, bummed out I know I know aren't you the one who says never have faves oh yeah but I'm still bummed out <laughs> like I'll be fine but I'm I'm bummed I was kind of like that's the way I have I, a great summer reading list now because I was ignorant and only went on bestseller lists and so my reading list is informed by people like Juno Diaz. So these awesome badass women, which I should have been looking a little bit harder and finding their awesome works, but that's fine. I got a got a project, and I'm gonna devour all of their awesome writing. I feel like uh, we need to we need to do a summer. We're due for a bad and bitchy summer reading Ooh. list. I'm I'm happy to to get on that. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. 
All right, y'all. We will be back next week uh, with another misogynist of the week. Um, hopefully it won't be somebody who lets us down and that we're super bummed out about. But, you know, fuck them. <laughs> so, on that note, you can catch us at Bad and... You can catch us on social, actually, at Bad and Bitchy on Twitter. At Bad and B pod at gmail.com that's our email you can write us um on facebook forward slash um bad and b podcast and on instagram at bad and bitchy pod bye my bitch is bad and bullshit.